السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين my brothers my sisters i'm sure you know that the prophet muhammad peace be upon him was sent by allah almighty not just to mankind but to entire creation as a source of mercy and he has taught us every aspect of mercy starting with the mercy of the almighty that descends upon us and the mercy then that we should be showing not just towards humankind or our own type or those of our own faith but beyond that to the animals and to the other creatures of the almighty including the environment the preservation of absolutely everything to the best of our ability and all this is included in the teachings of nabi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam may allah's peace and blessings be upon him wa ma arsalnaka illa rahmatan lil alamin we have not sent you o muhammad may peace be upon him we have not sent you except as a mercy to all the worlds all the creatures entire creation and if this was the mission of the prophet muhammad peace be upon him none of us can consider ourselves true believers until and unless we reach out to others in whatever way we can to ensure that their lives are made a little bit more comfortable in that we show mercy and kindness towards them so if you consider yourself a believer tonight ask yourself do i make life easy for others or difficult would i be a source of mercy for those who live with me those who interact with me those whom i come across am i a source of mercy and kindness to the people around me to the animals that i may come across to those whom i hear about and when i say that i'm talking about sometimes we hear that people across the globe somewhere else distant land are struggling the minimum that i as a believer owe them is a good prayer i need to feel within me that these people deserve better than what they have and what they're going through can i say oh allah oh my lord oh you who created me and created them as you've made things easy for me make things easy for them protect them grant them goodness grant them dwellings give them clothe them feed them etc etc that is a sign of the mercy this is what i mean when i say caring for those and sharing with those who are far away may allah almighty have mercy on all of us la yarhamillahu man la yarhamin nas is a hadith of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wherein he says allah almighty the creator will not have mercy upon he or she who is merciless himself or herself if you are merciless 
and you have no mercy towards others, Allah Almighty says you don't deserve my mercy. Subhanallah. This is talking about other people, but there is another narration that goes beyond people. Where Allah Almighty says, through the narration of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, Irhamu man fil man Have mercy upon those on earth. And the one in the skies or in the heavens will have mercy upon you. Which means Allah Almighty will have mercy upon you when you show that mercy on earth. May Allah Almighty really and truly grant us mercy. Abdullah Aid is an aid organization that perhaps many of you are not aware of or acquainted with. Brother Shaquille, who is the founder of this beautiful organization, lost his son Abdullah a few years ago to a rare muscular atrophy, SMA. I think it was type 2, if I'm not mistaken. Where the muscles begin to dissolve at a very early age and there was nothing you could actually do about it. And him being a successful businessman, wanting to know what's wrong with his little baby, went to the doctors and wanted to get away as soon as possible, get over with it, whatever is wrong, we'll give him the medication and we'll carry on. And when he went to the doctor, you know, typical businessman, he admits himself that he wasn't that close to Allah or perhaps he wasn't where he should have been as a Muslim in terms of fulfilling his duty unto Allah. And here he is, just a general average Muslim, going with his family or his wife, the little child to the doctor. They did a few tests and then they called him in and he thought, let's go and hear what's happening. Soon as I can, I want to get over and done with this because I've got my work and my business and everything's, you know, I'm busy. I'm a busy man. But Allah had other plans. The doctor says your child has a rare disease and doesn't have long to live. He says, what? And then he got angry, very upset. Who do you think you are? Are you Allah to tell me my child doesn't have long to live? Who do you think? Now suddenly Allah's in the equation, you see, because why? There's helplessness from medicine. This is how Allah draws us close to him. When he loves you, he makes you helpless completely, totally. No one can help you. For us is Allah. And there is no one besides Allah for us. That's the condition you get to before you actually turn to Allah with the true tears, realizing my yaqeen, my conviction, my faith has become solid and I rely on Allah and I trust Him alone because no one and nothing can help me besides Allah. Here comes the man, relatively wealthy, and he says, no chance, there's nothing. Upset. He goes away and then it dawns to him that you know what? What I was told is a reality. It has happened to others, it will happen to many more. Worse than this has happened to people where entire families have been wiped out. All this is part of the plan of Allah Almighty. Ultimately, I have to die even without disease. Ultimately, I have to die, whatever the excuse may be. Allah's kept an excuse for death 
just so that you don't blame him, but still people blame Allah. If Allah wanted, he could take you away without anything wrong. Your heartbeat in Islam was never connected to ultimate life. Do you know what that means? Islam teaches us that the heartbeat of a child begins at a few weeks, but that does not mean the child is actually alive. The life is blown in at 120 days. And people used to argue, you can't say that. How does Islam say that? Until we came about modern medicine where they do a heart transplant where a person who is dead has a heart that's pumping in the body of another person whose heart has stopped pumping, but he's alive. Do you understand what I just said? Your heart is pumping, but you're dead, you're buried, you're already gone into the hereafter. Come on. And your heart has stopped pumping, but you're alive and you're still walking to the masjid. That happens because of transplants. Have you thought of that? That proves what Islam taught, that the heart starts pumping at a few weeks because it's a muscle that has to do the job forever and ever. But the soul is blown in at 120 days precisely. That's Allah. My brothers, my sisters, that might have just been a, a little statement of benefit for all of us to know how it works. But when you are helpless and you are told you don't have long to live, what do you do? You must have hope in the mercy of Allah. I'm going to be cured by the power, the mercy of Allah. إِنَّمَا أَمْرُهُ إِذَا أَرَادَ شَيْئًا أَنْ يَقُولَ لَهُ كُنْ فَيَكُونُ فَسُبْحَانَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ مَلَكُوتُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Allah says, indeed his command when he intends something, which means the command of Allah when he wants to create something is simply be. That's what Allah says. Be and it is. So glory be to he. Allah Almighty, who is the owner of entire creation, and unto him is our return. That's what Allah says. When Allah wants something, be and it is from nothing. So I have conviction, Allah will grant me cure, no matter what the world says. How many of us are seated here today, and medicine told you you won't live for longer than a few days or months? Years have gone by, and I'm seated in front of you. Salamu alaikum, mashallah. The doctor who doomed you is also in the same room. MashaAllah. What was that? Was that not the decree of Allah? Was that not Allah Almighty showing you that he is all capable? Nothing is impossible for Allah. It's just impossible for us as humankind. With Allah, there's no impossibility. You can have whatever sickness, no matter what has come in your direction. You could have lost whatever you did for Allah. Amruhu bainal kafi wan-noon. His instruction is between the B and the E. B, and it is. Subhanallah. So what happened? Here is a child being told, the parents are told, you know what? No chance. My brothers, my sisters, if that were to happen to you and I, like I said, you have conviction in Allah. And then you build up a few things within you. You need to realize, I must be positive because negativity kills. COVID that we just witnessed, the biggest killer, according to me, 
and I'm not even a doctor, but from what I've seen with my own eyes, and you would confirm, is probably the loneliness that the people suffered as a result of being bungled into a place that no one was allowed to meet them or see them or talk to them or communicate with them. The negativity killed you already. I remember in my country in Zimbabwe, the peak of the AIDS pandemic, may Allah grant all of us cure and goodness and good health. They say there were people unscrupulously selling coffins to anyone who was going to the hospital saying, we give you a discount. If a coffin would be $100, for example, they say, we give it to you at 50. But the man's not dead. There's nothing wrong with the man. We give it to you at 40, but there's nothing wrong with them. We give it to you at 30. What do they do? Scratch their heads and say, let's buy it. Where, where are you going to put it? No problem. Let's put it under the bed in the hospital. So this guy trying to, subhanAllah, deal with his sickness, he opens his eyes, he sees his coffin. What type of cure are you going to have? Before you know it, you're dead. Because every day you open your eyes, it's like your relatives want you to die. Everyone wants you to go. Your coffin is bought. You're the only problem. You're just not dying. So you end up dying. Until it was stopped by the authorities. You're not allowed to do that. But that was the reality. The same thing happened when People struggled at the beginning of COVID where they were not allowed, they were treated like it was something. I'm not saying they were right or wrong, but I'm just telling you what happened. Absolutely no one to speak to you, to see you, to be able to communicate with you. Zero. Oh, a lot died, perhaps because of that loneliness. The positivity was excluded completely. And that's why visiting the sick is a sunnah that is Powerful because Allah Almighty says you reach out to someone who is sick. It's as though you reached out to me. It says the son of Adam will come on the day of judgment and will be told you heard I was sick and you didn't visit me. And the Almighty will be responded to by this human being saying, oh Lord of the worlds, how could you have been sick? And he says, didn't you hear of my slave so-and-so ill and you didn't even bother? Had you visited them, you would have found me. So when you visit a person who is in need, when you visit a person going through struggles, when you say a good word to them, when you, when you beam positivity towards them, you find Allah because you realize who is in charge and you create within you by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a mechanism of appreciation whereby you start valuing even the littlest things in your world. None of us seated here today can claim that we are those who've suffered the most on earth because there will always be someone who has bigger sufferings than us. But the positive of it is they have been more positive than us who have smaller problems. At times you have a person, small issue, and Qiyamah has come for them. It's like the end of the world. But that was minor. Look around you and help those who are homeless, sick and ill, don't have food, no drink, have lost their families, don't know where to go, being rained with bombs or whatever else it may be, rushing, running for their lives, insecure. Then talk about your problem.
then talk about your problem. Is it significant? It means nothing. Just because instead of a chicken burger, you got a beef burger, you made a scene as though Jibril was about to declare the end of whatever. Not at all. Foolish. People don't even have a leaf of the lettuce that's within that burger, let alone the chicken or the beef. Do you get what I'm saying? Look at how spoiled we are. The theme of this beautiful tour is healing through helping because you will only heal truly inside and out when you help others. That's the sunnah of Allah, which means it's the plan of Allah. You will never heal. Did you know you cannot heal truly unless you've reached out to others with a similar or worse problem and issue? You think you have a problem? Allah has blessed you in a billion ways. Just look around you. There are others who are more grateful to Allah with bigger problems than yours. There are others who are closer to Allah with huge disasters. Had you been affected by 10% of those, you wouldn't have survived. But Allah knows. Allah does not burden anyone beyond what they can shoulder. Your capacity and mine is different. Then Allah says, do you know what? The greatest of the challenges are given to the best of our soldiers. That's a fact. Close to Allah, Allah will test you with a lot. Keep smiling, keep thanking Allah. You're alive, don't forget what your goal is. Your goal is paradise. As for this world, even if you're the healthiest, the wealthiest, the most powerful, the most whatever, the most good looking, you still have to leave everything and go back to Allah, even without a problem. And if you have a problem on the other side, then you've got a real disaster. Do you get what I'm saying? So thank Allah, thank Allah a billion times. That's why Allah says, if you are wanting to know how to increase whatever you have in goodness, be thankful. If you are going to thank Allah, he's going to give you increase. How can I thank Allah when I have a problem and another one and a difficulty? I've just lost a job. I've lost my money. I've lost my car. They've attached my home. They've done this to this. I've lost whatever else and I'm struggling with my health. How can I thank Allah? Allah says, search, look deep, check, look at the positives. Look at what we've given you. Look at what you have, not what you don't have. And start thanking Allah and see the smile that appears on your heart let alone your face. You start thanking Allah, oh Allah, you blessed me. You've given me. Subhanallah. People are struggling getting married because of the age we're living in and circumstances. And they say, you know, I'm already 29 and I'm not married. Subhanallah, relax. What Allah's written, keep trying. I'm not saying sit back and just say, my prince has already been decreed by Allah, so I'll just sit at home, relax, and have some coffee. If that was the case, part of your statement is true, but the other part of it is actually from shaitan. Allah Almighty tells us quite clearly, my brothers, my sisters, when you would like to achieve something, work towards it, and then rely on Allah.
your reliance on Allah. So you say, look, I need to continue to make an effort. But at the same time, if it doesn't happen while I'm making an effort within my capacity, I must thank Allah and I must look at the goodness. Perhaps he is saving me from something. Perhaps he knows better. Perhaps he wants to protect me from something. And amazing, you will find your heart will be content. I've given you one example, but you can fit that within any example in your life. My brothers, my sisters, like I was saying, then you develop this positive attitude. Then you start helping others. What brother Shaquille did at that point, and it wasn't him, it was his child. He decided while we're going to try to look at what we can do for this child, I am going to create a little charity to reach out to all the children of the world with a similar condition. Subhanallah, that's how it started. With a similar condition. So he started gathering info, you know, nowadays, mashallah, we have social media. This was a few years back and created a little group of people and it started. We started helping those with similar conditions just to talk. You know, you've been through an ugly divorce. For example, it's a different example altogether, but it's realistic. If you were to create a little group of people who are prepared to speak within that circle in confidence, you may find out that what you've been through is something that's not as bad as you think it is. A lot of the people have been through similar and how they have coped with it. When you hear, you'll be able to cope with it better. That's a one example. So here's the brother started helping others. Like I say, if, if you are told or I am told that there is the end of the road, you say no chance. For Allah, there's no end of the road here. What am I going to do? I'm having hope in Allah, totally. I'm believing in Allah, convinced the power of Allah, the cure of Allah, the owner, Allahumma shfi, anta shafi, grant me cure, you are the owner of cure. Keep repeating the prayer, keep repeating the dua, keep repeating and repetition is loved by Allah in supplication. Even if Allah is not going to give you what you've asked for, the mere fact that you keep asking for it, your status in paradise is being elevated. It's counted. Every one of them is written down. It's not going to be wasted. So now, what do you do? Pray. You know, when people used to speak bad about the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he felt it in his chest. When someone talks about you, they spread rumor, they, they lie about you, they say terrible things. Sometimes you can't respond. Sometimes you don't even know. Subhanallah, what do you do? Allah says, وَلَقَدْ نَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ يَضِيقُ صَدْرُكَ بِمَا يَقُولُونَ فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَكُمْ مِنَ السَّاجِدِينَ وَاعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we know that your chest is being tightened because of what they are saying about you. What they are saying, hurting you. In his case, he knew he was the prophet of Allah. What was the hurt all about? You and I would be hurt in a different way because who are we? We are nothings, man. We are just creatures of Allah. 
In his case, the hurt was about the fact that he knew he was the prophet of Allah with a mission and they were just not listening. That was the hurt. He felt for them, Allahumma hadi qawmi fa innahum la ya'lamun. Oh Allah, guide these people. They have no clue what they're doing. They don't even understand and realize. All I'm calling them to do is to worship the maker alone and no one else. But they don't know. They don't want to know. That was his hurt. Allah says, we know it's tightening your chest. What's the solution? Keep declaring the praise of Allah and keep finding yourself in prostration, which means pray a lot and have conviction in Allah. Praise him and pray to him until death overtakes you. Ultimately, you have to go. I have to go. Sickness or no sickness. Terminal or not terminal. Terminal is better because you've been given a small moment to prepare. It's a gift of Allah. You can talk to people, you can plan, you can start praying, you can have goodness. Yes, it's difficult, you're going to have to bear patience and so on and so forth. But you were given a little bit of a heads up. The others are not. Suddenly, you, they were with me this afternoon and this evening. You hear, bang, gone. Allahu Akbar. Which is better in terms of preps for the hereafter? Yeah. You have to have this conviction. Start helping others. Allah will help you. Allah continues to assist a slave for as long as that slave continues to assist another. When you are engaged in helping someone automatically, Allah helps you. Do unto others as you would like to be done unto you. We've heard that a long time back, but... We don't realize we need to reach out to anyone and everyone who needs help. The companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, may Allah be pleased with them. They used to give away what they needed. We are not asking you to do that. And Allah has not mandated or has not required of you to do that. But what he says, give. I love this hadith. It's called hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi means it's where Allah is saying. And the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is narrating to us, Allah said the following. What did he say? Unfiq yabna Adama, unfiq alayk. O son of Adam, spend and I will give you. Spend on others, spend on things, spend your money, use, give, and I will give you. If you spend, I will spend on you. If you give, I'm going to give you. That's what Allah said. So when you're miserly, what happens? Your wealth depletes. That's the reason why you're sitting on... A fat sum, for example, it's eaten by zakat. And by the way, zakat is not yours. It's Allah's. The only thing you're doing is you're giving away what was someone else's from your wealth. I give you an example. The five daily prayers. You have that which is compulsory. If you don't fulfill it, you're sinful. If you fulfill it, you have done what Allah has asked you to do. That's it. Then you have an option of showing Allah what you want to do for him and how close you are to him and how close you want to get to him by getting up and praying that which is not compulsory. It's voluntary. It's just a sunnah. Let's not use the word just, but it's a sunnah, okay? Which means it's something that's not compulsory. I'm going to do this. 
What was that? That's from my own. Allah didn't tell me you have to. I'm going to do it. I love Allah. Here's my sunnah. And now I've done the sunnah. Here's my nafil. I'm going to read that which is even more voluntary. Not even stressed. Why? Because I love Allah. I'm going to get up early morning for the sixth prayer, which is not compulsory. It's called tahajjud. Early morning. Why? Because I love Allah. That is you. That is now you gaining closeness to Allah beyond the understanding of others. It's just you and your lovely relationship with your maker. The same applies to the other pillars of Islam. Each one of them has a compulsory section to it and that which is voluntary. You get to Allah with the voluntary. The compulsory was always his. The same applies to charity. There is 2.5% zakat, 2.5% in the case of the bulk of us. Unless you're into mining or farming, it's a different percentage. But to be honest with you, beyond that 2.5% is actually now you. That's what it is. The 2.5% was for Allah. For every 100 pounds, 97.5 mine, 2.5 Allah's. If you offset it, you get a reward to offset it. But that was his anyway. Why I'm spending time saying this is because a lot of us think, okay, I've given my zakat. You have. Now, what did you give? You say, what do you mean, what did I give? I gave my zakat. The zakat was Allah's. What did you give? Nothing. Give more. Give 5%, two and a half mine, two and a half yours. Give 10%. People give. There are people of other faiths who are required by their faith to give 10%. They give it willingly. We have two and a half percent and we find, we try and find little loopholes. That's not a tax man. Come on, guys. May Allah grant us blessings. Allah says, خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ Take from their wealth the zakat that will cleanse them. When you give a charity, it cleanses you. When you give a charity, calamity is distanced. That's why people before a journey give a little charity. People shift into a new home, they give a little charity. It's not connected to that from the sunnah, but the benefit of it is you kick away calamity. That's what it is. Sometimes you don't have monetary charity to give because you might not be that wealthy. You can give people a different type of a charity. What is it? Helping them through an empowering word or a beautiful expression on your face. Look at the people sometimes and they look so miserable. So miserable. Come on, smile, man. And the best smile from those who don't have teeth. That's the cutest. You see the old man, you know, mashallah, you know, assalamu alaikum, you know, mashallah. May Allah forgive us. Really, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a joke of this, but what I mean, it's a fact. It's really a fact. When you can smile at the face of the others, what have you done? It's contagious. From who? From Allah. Try it. Come in and smile at people. Smile again. See what they do. They feel good. And when you smile, it releases a lot of negativity from you. But we don't realize that. We're miserable simply because the expression on our faces is miserable. When I was young, my father used to tell me, if you don't want to age so quickly, watch your expressions. Let them be positive. Don't make a face this way and that way. And I remember when I used to frown, he used to actually put his fingers on my eyebrows and say, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. I see there are people in the crowd who actually know my family and so on. There are a lot in Leicester. Last time I came here, I said, I know a few thousand people in this city. MashaAllah. May Allah bless you all. 
And this is the reality. So when you have a good expression, it helps you even in your age. Because it's a good expression. There it goes. But if you're always going to frown, you're going to have these headlines, you're going to have all, everything everywhere. We all have to age at some point if Allah's given us the age. But you don't have to look like you're 60 when you're only 20. May Allah grant us ease. So my brothers, my sisters, the beauty of all of this is even if Allah has not written cure for you, just like little Abdullah did not have cure written for him, but the elevation of status is such not just for you, but for all those taking care of you. There was someone who came, it is reported, the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab with his mother, carrying his mother and he says, you know what, have I fulfilled her right because I take her wherever she wants to go and I clothe her and feed her and, you know, assist her even when she wants to answer the call of nature and whatever else. He says, no. Why no? Because she did the same for you when you were little, but there was a difference. What was the difference? She used to pray that you have a long and healthy life and you are getting fed up of what you're doing. Big difference. Very big difference. It is an honor for a Muslim to take care of those who are challenged in any way, be they within your own family, community, or beyond, be they Muslim or non, it's okay. It is an honor. It is part of the rahmah and the mercy that Allah has instilled in the hearts of the true believers. When they see something, they feel it. Do you? If you do, you're a true believer. And if you don't, you have a bit of work to do. May Allah help us. May Allah strengthen us. In today's world, we are fortunate. We have aid organizations such as Abdullah Aid doing the work for us. I've had the good fortune of going out with them. And they've joined me on some of my trips to look for those in need and check and see, come back to you and tell you, look, we saw this and this and this, and we're doing it personally. I wouldn't associate myself with an organization that I didn't trust or that I wasn't hands-on connected, knowing that this, more than what you've given is being spent in the cause. If you've given a hundred pounds, I promise you, they're probably spending 110 pounds on that cause. Even the gift aid goes towards the cause. In most cases, those of you from the UK, obviously the bulk of you, I know there are sisters who've come in from Germany, some brothers from Belgium this evening. You're more than welcome. May Allah bless you all and grant you goodness. People have come in from far and wide, Northampton and everywhere else. The Sheikh is here, mashallah. But yes, we have organizations that do the work for us. All we've got to do is just write down 40 quid. Okay, that's fine. I'll give that every month. It's okay. If Allah's given you a greater capacity, multiply it by 10. And if Allah's given you an even greater capacity, multiply it by 100. And if Allah's given you an even greater capacity, multiply it by 1,000. And these are not Zimbabwean zeros, by the way, filled with inflation. <laughs> my brothers, my sisters, the child was lost. What happened? They tried everything. They tried everything. A certain drug was being tried where they said it will stop the atrophy. It will stop it. They 
participated in the trials, but for some reason the child passed away. This man determined it's okay if Allah wanted this. Now at least I pray five times a day. Now at least I have a feeling for others who are sick and ill. Now at least I reach out to the ummah. Now when I look at people who are challenged, I have a different feeling towards them. Look at how life changed. But what did Allah do? Allah took away what he gave you in the first place. What did you lose? You actually only lost temporary custodianship of a child that Allah allowed you to call yours, yet the child was his. You understand what I'm saying? Why is it that when someone passes away, what do we say? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. What does it mean? Have you ever thought of it? It means, hey, 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 this person's passed on, but guess what? We all belong to Allah anyway. And we all are going to pass through exactly what this person has passed through. We're going to go back to Allah. That's what you say. That's the meaning of inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. That's what it means. But we don't think about it. Someone says, uncle passed away. We just say inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un as though it means some, you know, mantra that you're uttering. Not at all. It's a powerful statement of a reminder to you first. Why? It should change your life. That was belonging to Allah anyway. When the Prophet ﷺ lost his son Ibrahim, do you know what dua he made? Holding him in his hands, he says, Indeed, to Allah belongs what he took away and it belonged to him in the first place anyway. And everything that Allah's created has a time tag. That's what he said. It has a time tag. But what did it do to you? Did that calamity draw you closer to Allah? If any calamity drew you closer to Allah, it was a gift of Allah. People say, I've got problem upon problem. Is it a punishment? Is it a gift? Is it a test? What is it? Simple. Look at what it's done to you in your life. Did it bring you closer to Allah? If it brought you even one inch closer to Allah, it was a gift of Allah for you. Gift. You went through a problem. You lost a job. I can go on and on as to the types of problems that people face. If it brought you closer to Allah, it's a gift. But if it made you very angry, distant from Allah, you, you know, people want to solve one problem. They either go towards Allah or towards shaitan. So you find they either turn to prayer or turn to the pubs and the clubs and whatever else and the drugs and the intoxicants to pretend like they're solving the problem, but it's creating a bigger disaster. You can see it in front of you. You have a massive issue. Does it take you to the masjid? Or does it take you to a place where you're going to intoxicate yourself and lose yourself, which is temporary? Simple. So if it brought you this way, it was a good thing. If it took you the other way, was it a good thing? May Allah Almighty help us. My brothers, my sisters, if Allah Almighty loves someone, he tests them with bigger tests. That is in the hadith of the Prophet, peace be upon him. When Allah loves you, he throws tests in your direction to bring you closer. And every time there is a bigger test, you have a greater graduation onto a higher level where there is going to be an even bigger test. And thereafter, you pass on and you meet Allah and he issues you with the PhDs in sabr. And what do you get as a result? Jannatul Firdaus. What do you have? I have a PhD in Sabr. Do you get what I'm saying? I have a double doctorate in Sabr. Because I lost this and lost that. And I was tested with this and that and the other. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ Those who had to bear patience because of calamities we made them endure will be given the recompense of that in an unlimited fashion. That's what Allah says. Wait until you see the VVIPs of the Day of Judgment. They will be all those who were broken-hearted on earth. Allah is with those who are broken-hearted. Broken-hearted. That's your moment. When calamity strikes, the angels are saying "Amin" to any dua and supplication that's going to come out of your mouth. What are you uttering at the time? Is it a bad prayer, a good prayer? You're saying something good, mashallah. Amin, amin, amin. The angels are saying amin. Society and the environment teaches you to swear. As soon as your car bashed the car in front of you, the F is out, the B is out, the SH is out, and the new swear words, the D and the Z and the H, I don't even know what those are, by the way. Those are out. And guess what? The angels are saying, Ameen, Ameen. To what? To what? Come on. Just say, Alhamdulillah. Allahumma alhamd. Oh Allah, bless me. Oh Allah, grant me. Imagine you wanted, oh, you bash the car because you know that the angels are saying, I mean, say, oh Allah, help me get a better job. Allahu Akbar. That's sharp, man. That's intelligent. Come on, guys. My brothers, my sisters, when Allah loves you, He tests you. He makes you turn to Him and He might not give you what you're asking for. Because he knows it's better for you not to have it. But you need to be convinced and keep going. Because at the end of the day, your conviction in Allah alone would get you into paradise by his mercy. And that's our ultimate goal. What's the earth all about? Struggles. So an aid organization was born out of the death of someone because the parents felt that we needed to reach out to others it extended to the degree that not only those who had that type of a disease, but all those who have health matters. I know we went to certain countries in Africa, into the hospitals. I was there personally, paying the bills of those who couldn't afford to pay their bills. And you should see what their expressions were. Imagine entering a ward and telling them, well, we did our groundwork before in advance. These guys can't pay their bills. What's the amount? It's paid. And you go into the admin and then you give them the receipt. Your bill's been paid. What? Bill's been paid. They start crying. Where did it come from? It came from your brothers and sisters in the UK. Allahu Akbar. What happened? We did cataract operations. We distributed hundreds, if not thousands of wheelchairs and simple wheelchairs. Crutches, food hampers to people struggling because of natural disasters, reaching out to people where there was calamity, war, whatever else it may be, building homes for them, doing whatever it might have been, because people like yourselves have reached out with even a pound, even a pound, a pound a day, a pound a day. Imagine, 365 in the year. Impossible? No. You were to go out here in Leicester to a place, and I don't want to name places because I might offend those who frequent other places. MashaAllah. You know the politics here in Leicester. You can't say the name because why? 
The other guys are going to feel bad, mashallah. Okay, no problem. You would spend 50 to 100 to 150 on desserts. Desserts. Your change can make a change. Did you hear what I just said? Your change, lose change. The two pound coin that you don't want to be in your pocket, just leave it there. Where? In the tin. Subhanallah. You might argue, I no longer have those. I just swipe my card, man. Subhanallah. Nowadays, I just show them my phone, you know. I think you pay with a phone, right? Subhanallah. You can add a bit. Or on your table, there may be a little barcode on one of the pamphlets there. If you zoom into the barcode, it will give you an option of making a change. Subhanallah. My brothers, my sisters, that is Allah allowing you to be used in a good cause because many people's wealth is used for bad. Brother Shaquille had another child called Maryam, and I'm going to end with this story. Sometime later, Maryam had the same problem. They diagnosed it early. Still, they couldn't get hold of the injection that the previous child was part of The trials, because why? The NHS didn't allow it, and even if you paid for it, they didn't want you to take it for whatever reason it was. And so here's a man, I've got the money, it's a very expensive injection, treatment, I can't do this, I can't do that, and I'm stuck again, second time, can't be. That's when I got to know the brother, and I told him, my brother, after I've heard what has happened, I want to tell you something, I have a guarantee from Allah for you, not because I know directly, but I know through the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. If you have helped others, Allah will help you. I tell you, Allah will not let you down. The man had tears in his eyes knowing that this man is just talking. He doesn't even know what on earth this disease is. I don't care what the disease is. I'm telling you, if you've helped others, Allah will help you. I remember my father was once asked on a radio station, you know, you have sons. How did you, how did they become scholars of the deen? And how, what happened? You know what he said? And that to this day has motivated me to reach out to the world. He says, throughout my life, he didn't, he thought about it initially. And then he, he answered very, you know, calmly. He says, throughout my life, I've dedicated my time to empowering and educating those who can't afford it. As for my children, Allah did it. I did for Allah and Allah did for me. And wallahi, I stand here in front of you and there are people in the crowd who are friends of my father sitting here. And there are friends of my family seated here this evening. I stand here telling you wallahi, that's true. If I were to tell you, there are thousands of people who have learned Quran and whatever else and whatever else. No payment, no nothing, and they've learned from this man. And what happened? He said, that, I don't know what has happened to the children, but I know that Allah's empowered them. Allah's taken them. I was busy doing something else for Allah. You want your children to have a good upbringing? Worry about the children of others, not just yours. The problem with us, we worried about our own little kids. So what happens? The other kids... 
Who knows what might happen to them? Are you concerned about the broader community and society? That's where you're living. That's where your children are going to grow up. They're going to go to the school. You're forgetting that the environments are divided into two, internal and external. No matter how powerful the house environment is, the minute they step out, it's a disaster. Because you didn't bother about what was happening outside. There is no entertainment. I always tell people in the Islamic field, keep up to the technology of the age around in your society because all the haram is available with latest technology and the halal, there's nothing available. Now there is a little bit. But imagine if we were on par. Every TikTok wouldn't just be wah, wah. It would be a lot of goodness. It's a fact. May Allah Almighty grant us ease. My brothers, my sisters, reach out to others. Allah will give you. Allah will provide for you. Maryam, the other child, was also told the same thing. And because he wasn't able to get that, he said, we need 100,000 signatures for it to pass through the NHS. I said, don't worry, we'll do it. I'm sure with your help, you saw me a few years ago, tweet about it and talk about it, and we need your signatures and all of you signed. And we had 300,000 signatures instead of 100,000. And they, they spoke about it in the House of Commons and so, but time was ticking and every day the muscles are melting. So now what? I said, don't worry, brother, Allah will grant you. I'm telling you it will happen. And I kept on. And the brother was, you know, he knew deep down perhaps Allah, but what, what can you do? You're stuck. Someone needs to keep reminding you, even if you're going to lose the child. But you need to have a positive attitude. Until one day, suddenly, he came across a trial of a new type of an injection in another country and he managed to scrape in and they got the one injection as a trial and guess what happened? The injection we were trying for and we all signed the petition for was only going to stop the atrophy, which means if you lost the muscles in your legs, you're never going to walk ever in your life again, but it will stop there. So it's not going to get worse. You see, so basically it's difficult because you've lost your legs or you've lost the muscles in your arms. You can't move them, but you're still alive. Allah blocked that one. Guess why? Because the new one reversed the effects of the atrophy. And today it's known as, if you Google it, the most expensive drug in the world, the most expensive medication or medicine in the world, that injection. I think it's about $2 million, one injection, 2.1 million. And guess what? Maryam got it free of charge as a trial. Today, Maryam is approximately three, four years old. And guess what? She's already taking her steps. The doctors are shocked, surprised, amazing. When I see the child, I have tears because I know the whole story. And I said, Shaquille, do you see the power of Allah? He closed the first door, he closed the second door, he closed the third door, he closed the fourth door because he knew when the fifth door flings open, it's going to be bigger than all four doors put together. That's what Allah did. <laughs> it reminds me of something, you know, sorry to talk about marriage and divorce. You go through one divorce, you go through another divorce, you're depressed, you go through another divorce, you don't even want to get married then. You go through a fourth one and guess what? The fifth person you marry is like, subhanallah, you've got heaven on earth. Was it worth it? It was damn worth it, mashallah. Subhanallah, isn't that good encouragement? I have an elder brother who failed his O-levels at one stage. And they told him, 
You need to concentrate on past papers. He must have bought all the past papers that there were back in the day, and one after the other. And he passed with flying colors. And I always said, you know what? Nobody's ever asked me, hey, what did you get for all levels? Did you pass first time or second time? Brother, I could be whoever. A person could be a qualified doctor. Who knows whether you passed first time or second time or third time? You've got a scalpel in your hand and you're about to do the operation. Hang on, hang on, doc. Did you pass first time, second time? How's your all levels? What did you get for bio, biology? No one's going to say that. It's over. But you were so depressed at the time I failed. Allah knows that you're a good Muslim. That's what's important. So what if you failed? Once, twice, ten times, it's okay. We're human beings. Have some positive hope. Look at the story. Today we have a multi-million pound organization reaching out to people, Muslim, non-Muslim, and so many others across 25 countries, and it's still growing with an, with an immaculate reputation in this country, with the Charities Commission, and with everybody else, mashallah, with a beautiful reputation such that we also bear witness to it. As a result of what? The death of a child and the sickness of another. Isn't that a door to paradise? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. I was meant to talk for 40 minutes, Brother Masiola. I'm so sorry. I, I normally don't overstep anymore. I used to do that years ago. Nowadays, it's to the minute. But just before I got up, I think you sent the brother a message. And it said, let Mufti take his time. I don't know what that means because I can go on up to Suhoor. Mashallah. May Allah bless you guys. Jazakumullah khair for coming. I hope that these few words have motivated us. And I hope we can heal through helping others. Indeed, it's an honor to help. Keep helping. And don't worry. Allah will open your doors. And don't worry. No matter what you're going through, we are all here for you. We are here for you. We are part of an ummah. We will help. Minimum is through our dua. Oh Allah, make it easy for everyone who's struggling. In whatever way they're struggling, grant them ease and goodness. Oh Allah, from amongst us, there are the sickly, those who are elder, the elderly. Oh Allah, grant ease, grant shifa, cure to everyone. Those who've passed on have mercy on them. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina.